You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. He is risen to give you peace. He's risen to give you comfort. He's risen to give you the life that He won for you in His death and His resurrection. He is risen, dear saints, for you. We have in the Gospel lesson from John the, the, the account of the evening of the very first Easter and then eight days later, the second Sunday after Easter. And Jesus will show Himself to the disciples who, who were gathered in, in a locked room for, for fear of the Jews. They were trembling and afraid. There was ten of them gathered there. Judas had hung himself. He was dead already and perhaps being buried. And Thomas was absent, at least on that first Sunday. And Jesus appears then to the ten. Jesus, back from the dead. Jesus, having overcome death and the grave. Jesus, having won the fight that all of humanity had been fighting for thousands of years since the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden, the fight against death and the fight against sin. Jesus, having conquered all of these things, appears to the disciples, says to them, peace to you, shows them his hands and his feet and his side and the holes that he has there. And then at his as his first order of business, he breathes on them, gives them the Holy Spirit, and says, as the Father sent me, I send you, go forgive sins. The first order of resurrection business is the forgiveness of sins. The first order of Easter duties is the absolution. This is perhaps for us one of the most important things to understand. Because Jesus sends His disciples out to forgive sins. And this forgiveness of sins is not simply a description. It is a promise. It's, it's more than news. It is a declaration. It is a word that makes things happen. When the word of forgiveness comes into your ears, it is not describing the fact that you are forgiven. It is, in fact, delivering to you the forgiveness of all of your sins. And it happens in the preaching of the Gospel. It happens in the giving of the, when the Lord gave you the gift of baptism. It happens in the altar where the Lord says, this is the blood of the New Testament shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And it happens most clearly and most especially in the absolution. When one Christian says to another, I forgive you your sins in the name of Jesus. Or when I stand there in front of you as I did earlier and say, as a called and ordained servant of the Word, I announce the grace of God unto you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. Now, I have to tell you, though, and I've told you this before, I hope it doesn't trouble you too much, that this idea of the absolution was an especially troubling thing for me, especially as we were becoming Lutheran and understanding what was going on in the Lutheran church. We came to church and saw the pastor standing up there in a dress, <laughs> waving his hands around and saying that he forgave my sins. And I thought, who is this man to stand between me and God? Who does this guy think he is forgiving sins like this? 
This was an incredibly offensive thing to me, anyhow. And perhaps to you it has been before, or to friends it might be. So the picture that we have is this. Imagine that there's a person in prison, and there they are, locked up, and the judge is hearing his case over in the courtroom, and the judge hears the case of this man in prison, and the judge there in the courtroom declares this man to be innocent. The judge says he is free. But is he yet free? Well, it depends. He's still behind bars. So the judge sends the bailiff, gives the bailiff the key, in fact, and the bailiff runs across the street to the jail, and the bailiff puts the key into the prison door and opens it and says to the man the same words that the judge says, you are free. And the man in prison says, how dare you open that door? (laughs) Who are you to stand between me and the judge? And he sits there. No, you see, who's, who is the one who's opening the door? Is it the bailiff or is it the judge? And the answer in that picture is, yes. <laughs> the ba- if the bailiff were to go to the prison door and open the door without the judge setting the man free, then the bailiff would be incredibly out of order and it wouldn't be long before he too would be in jail, right? But if the judge would pronounce the man free and the bailiff would instead go play golf then the man would still be sitting in prison even though he shouldn't be there. So Jesus says to his disciples, this is in the text, Jesus says, As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And whoever sins you bind, they are bound. So Jesus has his church on earth so that he can deliver the verdict of the heavenly court. In fact, I think we can push this even further. If you want to see heaven as a courtroom, and we've talked about this before too, but I I don't think this, in fact, is at all a metaphor or an image. This is a picture of reality. When we understand heaven as a court, and the God the Father is sitting on his judgment seat there, and he's hearing arguments, and the arguments, dear saints, and this is a bit frightful, the arguments are brought to the Father by the devil about you. And the devil, remember Satan, which means accuser, or prosecuting attorney, the devil is bringing before God the Father the evidence of your sin. So that every time you break God's law, every time you curse, swear, every time you, uh, every time you say uh, an unkind word, or think an unclean thought, or do an, an unloving act, this is brought into the heavenly courtroom as evidence against you. And the Father sees this evidence, and there is only one verdict pronounced. It is the verdict of guilty, and that is His wrath poured out on sin. It is the, it is the verdict of guilty for all sinners. But this is what happens after Jesus has died and rose from the dead and ascends into heaven. He enters into that court with a different set of evidence. The evidence that He brings is the evidence of His suffering. The evidence that Jesus brings into the heavenly court is the evidence of His blood. And He presents this to the Father. And the Father receives this evidence on your behalf. And now all of your sins are declared uh, inadmissible in this heavenly court. All of your failures are, are dismissed as evidence. 
God's wrath that should be poured out on you because of your sin is poured out instead on Jesus in His suffering and in His death. And when the Lord raises Jesus from the dead, He declares His death a victory over sin, a triumph over the devil, a plundering of the grave, so that His death is accepted instead of yours. And now God the Father who sits on the on the throne and makes judgment, makes this judgment, dear saints, about you. That you are innocent. That you are holy. That you are righteous. He, in fact, gives the righteousness of Jesus to your account. That's the doctrine of justification. The righteous, the perfect keeping of the law, which Jesus did in his living and in his dying, that is given over to your account. And this is true. When it says in the epistle lesson from 1 John that Jesus lives to make intercession for sinners, this is what it's speaking of. That Jesus even now is in heaven bringing to God the Father the evidence of His death and His resurrection in your place. And now Jesus wants the heavenly verdict to be heard here on earth. That's why He has a church. That's why He sends the disciples to forgive sins. And that's why every Sunday when we gather, you hear this, I forgive you all of your sins. It's like... It's like going when you were a kid and listening to the door. At least some kids did, not me, of course. But some kids listen to the door to see what conversation is happening in the other room. When you put your ear to the door to hear the conversation of heaven, this is what sneaks through. You're forgiven. (laughs) You're holy. You're righteous. Your sins are cast away. Covered with the blood of Jesus. And not only does the, the Lord want this heavenly verdict to be heard in the church, He wants it to be, to, he, he wants this thing to echo through our own conscience. You see, the devil, with all of his accusing work, with all of his sataning, can find no place anymore in heaven. The, the evidence that he brings there is not admissible in the court. So now the devil brings that evidence to bear in your own conscience. He can't accuse you before the Father, but he can accuse you before yourself. So now tell me if this sounds familiar. The devil comes to you and he says, how could you possibly have done that? And you call yourself a Christian. I seriously doubt that God loves you after you've done this or thought that or said this. The devil would bring the accusation. That's the only thing he knows how to do. He brings the accusation to bear in your own conscience to tell you that God hates you because of your sin. To tell you that God despises you because of what you've done. To tell you that you're guilty. Because you've broken God's law and you are therefore condemned. But Jesus brings the verdict of the heavenly courtroom all the way down. Not just to His church, but even into your conscience. Even into your ear and into your heart. And that is the absolution. That is the absolution. That your sins are forgiven. So, so we confess our sins. Lord, I've done this. Lord, I've broken this commandment. Lord, I've failed here. And it's almost as if we are testing the Lord saying, I've done this. Would you accept it as evidence against me? And the answer of the Lord is no. 
But I've broken this commandment. And I've broken it lots of times. Will you accept that as evidence against me? No. Lord, I failed you here. I've failed you there. Everywhere that I've turned, I've sinned. Not only against you, but against my neighbor. You've given me so much and I've despised it. You've, you've handed over even your own son and everything that I need for this body of life. And I live a life of grumbling discontent. Will you accept that as evidence against me? The answer to your saints is no. Jesus has died. And all of your sin is no longer admissible before the Father's face. Only His blood and His righteousness, only His death and His resurrection. So Jesus appears to His disciples and He says to them, Peace to you. And this is His word to us. Jesus comes in the absolution to forgive your sins and to give you that same peace. May this peace, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through the risen Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.